0: listening to the SLP Book Club. We're your hosts, Laura Geisert and Adrian Frost.
1: This month, we're reading The Whole Brain Child by Daniel J. Siegel and Tina Payne Bryson.
0: Let's get into it. Hi, Adrian. Hi, Laura. So welcome back to the SLP Book Club. This episode, we are discussing The Whole Brain Child, the conclusion yay
1: we made it
0: so adrian it's a little bittersweet for me i have had so much fun reading this book i've learned so much and i've really enjoyed our discussions about it
1: same i mean this has been really informative on several different levels so i think we picked a good one
0: yeah (laughs) all right so in our conclusion of the book Uh, you know, the authors wrap it up just by giving you the reasons to implement this whole brain approach. Basically, what you're working towards is helping children develop really strong relationships, coping skills, just the ability to see from other people's perspectives. And you're just helping kids to be healthy and happy and lead really meaningful lives. So You know, they kind of go through all the different ways, the strategies that they've taught. You're teaching kids not to just survive, but thriving. You're transforming daily challenges that we all face into opportunities for growth. So these aren't really things you have to go out of your way to do. It's really using those everyday moments to learn and grow. You're building stronger connections with the children you either parent or work with and encouraging integration will lead to improvements throughout their lives. We're helping these kids to be better friends, to be better spouses in the future, and to become better parents themselves.
1: Absolutely.
0: You know, when they were talking about helping children see that challenging experiences are opportunities to learn and grow. I can't stress how important that is. And I think it's a skill that we work on as adults is not always thinking of things in a really negative way. I read a book, I wish I could tell you who it was by, but I I read a book by a woman who was talking about seeing all of your challenges as stepping stones on the path of your life that They always just help you get further if you choose to learn and grow from them, not just seeing them as this terrible thing that you faced, but always looking for what you got from it, what was positive. And they didn't say this in the book, but, you know, that's an important thing that you can do with your kids or the kids you work with is anytime something does go wrong, you could talk about what happened, but then you can also say, what did you learn from this? How did you grow? How did this make you a better person? And that might be a good reflection for kids when things do go wrong in their lives. Definitely. So then they, they really go into kind of the generational impact that the whole brain approach has. And they talked about this at the end of chapter six in the integrating ourselves section, kind of breaking that cycle. If you did have parents who maybe weren't very supportive or didn't help you to learn and grow and build relationships, but you've recognized those things that your parents did and you are breaking the cycle. If we use this approach, children will understand themselves and can actively choose how they interact with those around them. They give examples of children, even really young children, being so self-aware, making comments that are just so wise beyond their years, being able to think about decisions they make and the impact that it would have on themselves and others. And we really can start implementing these things when kids are really young, so that we're just building better humans.
1: Yeah, it was really optimistic when he was talking about like the trickle down and how, you know, you can raise your children to be better in relationships, and then that can impact their children and then their children's children. And
0: (laughs) yeah, I think they even say like, picture your child holding the hand of their own child, passing this down and impacting the whole future of our society. (laughs) If, If we pass this information along and everyone learns these skills, but they say you don't have to be perfect. You'll make mistakes. But with this perspective, like we just said, you know that even those mistakes are an opportunity to grow. And I think we've all probably had those moments where we reflect on something that we did in speech therapy or maybe in an IEP meeting and you just go, oh, I wish I'd said something different. I wish I'd handled that differently. But those are opportunities for growth. And that's why you're a better clinician five years down the road than you were two years Into your journey. You know, you just you just keep learning and growing from all of those experiences. Yeah, the main thing which we've said this whole time is to just be present with the children that you work with or parent connect with them through the ups and downs of life's journey. And you said that in the last chapter, you know, even in that little comic, you can see the difference and you can feel it between the mom who's kind of focused on something else, either on her computer or on her phone while the kid is talking versus turning to them, putting all your attention on them and helping them work through whatever they're going through. It's a massive difference and we can all benefit from being a lot more present in the interactions we have with everyone.
1: Definitely. I mean, children are hungry for that connection. So we need to make ourselves available.
0: Yeah. So then we have the refrigerator sheet at the end of the book. And we've mentioned before that just gives you a quick summary of all the info and strategies that they have in this book. So it's a good thing to make a copy of just so you can refresh. And if you are faced with a kid who you think would really benefit from one of the strategies, you can kind of remember how to use it And then the whole brain ages and stages section goes from kids zero to three up through older school age, nine to 12 year olds. And for each strategy that they have in this book, they give really specific examples of how you might adapt that strategy for that age group.
1: Yeah. And I remember in the very beginning, they were talking about the refrigerator sheet and how you can provide like other caregivers with it, maybe grandparents or babysitters or people who interact with the child frequently but maybe haven't read the book, it's a great little synopsis, really handy.
0: Yeah. All right, so Adrian, now I thought we could kind of go through what our biggest takeaways were from the book and how we're going to use this in our own speech therapy practices. Yeah. Do you want to get started or do you want me
1: to go? Sure, I can get started. There were a couple of key takeaways for me. Number 1 was definitely encouraging children to tell their stories, so when I think about that in speech, we always have, I like to do a little five minute warm up. So if you just ask the child, you know, what happened this weekend, it gives them an opportunity to tell their story. And you never know, it could just be mundane, something not that relevant or, you know, they went to a birthday party or whatever, but sometimes you get those little gems that you can tell the child's still upset about it. So that would be a great opportunity to kind of allow the child to tell their story, to tell it back, to help them integrate that. And of course, if things show up sort of in the middle of the session, which tends to happen, I cannot even tell you how many (laughs) times I've had a child in the middle of whatever we're doing, maybe the task says something about a pet and then all of a sudden one child blurts out like my dog died last year. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) And it's so sad. And like, you just want to move on, you know, but that could be a really great opportunity. Like, let's talk about that. Has anybody ever lost a pet? Tell me what happened to your pet. They can practice retelling it, integrate it. So I definitely feel like I'm going to be implementing that a little bit more.
0: Yeah, I have that as my number one takeaway just retelling stories Mm -hmm. and really thinking about ways to pull in all those different parts of the brain talking about the emotions that were involved there's so many ways that you can encourage kids to retell not just the not just the facts of what happened but really retelling all aspects of the story and now we know how that gets the whole brain working and is so powerful for them
1: Another thing that I was thinking of was just focusing on making therapy a little bit more fun. So trying to bring in silliness and use that to build not only positive rapport, which always goes such a long way, but using that to model for children that this can really be fun. It doesn't have to be hard work. We can pair work with fun and using that to model those positive relationships that we were just talking about in chapter six.
0: Yeah. And kind of going along with that, (laughs) kind of going along with that, I was thinking about just that idea of mirroring and that the way we feel and act has such a huge impact on kids. So in our sessions, being calm, being relaxed, being fun, it really will be mirrored back to you with the kids that you work with. And so remaining calm when you can Within reason. We can't always be calm, but <laughs> keeping sessions fun, but setting firm boundaries is what I'm going to aim for.
1: Yeah, I have modeling great behavior for children. So just along those lines, right, being the best versions of ourselves that we can be because that will really impact them. Yeah. Something else I had on my list, Laura, was upstairs-downstairs brain concept. So I feel like I really want to talk about that a little bit more Some students need that more than others, but I could see that concept being really visual and really helpful and you can just use. I mean, even if you initially go over the concept and maybe the child is having a little bit of a tantrum or getting a little bit heated in a different session, wouldn't it be great if you could just hold up your hand and kind of do that fist just as a signal to the child to try to turn on or access their upstairs brain? Or if you had the little visual behind you on your therapy workspace, I could see that being so helpful depending on the situation.
0: Yeah. Teaching kids about their brain. Of course, we have the visuals. There are so many visuals in the book. If kids understand what's going on in there and that, you know, sometimes one part takes over and that would just be... Imagine having that knowledge when you were a kid. (laughs) I can't remember learning about my brain in this way at all when I was younger. But also just it was really big for me to realize that the way to connect with a kid when they are having those moments is to use that calm, loving voice and touch, not to kind of command and demand or what was the other one? Engage, not don't enrage. Just to really make a connection based on whether the kid is feeling too emotional or too scared. And, and really one part of their brain has totally taken over to make a connection first and then be able to kind of redirect them and get the other parts of their brain involved.
1: Absolutely. I was, you know, the last point that I wanted to make was about the great visual we have for the wheel of awareness. So that ties in again to teaching about the brain could see that as being really beneficial different way to look at the brain and maybe helping those kids who can be really, really rigid to just sort of break out of that, look at themselves as more of a whole person and not be so hyper fixated on certain things.
0: So another thing I was thinking about, which you don't have this problem because you're a parent, but because I'm not a parent, it can be challenging at times to coach parents on How to parent. (laughs) Even though I've worked with hundreds, maybe thousands of kids, Mm -hmm. I still am not a mom. And so, any opportunity Mm. I get to learn strategies and specific techniques that I can teach parents to use, I love it because it builds my confidence in this area to be able to give some of these strategies. I only work with preschool or primarily with preschool age kids right now, and I do a lot of parent coaching. The parents I work with do have to work with their kids on speech every day. And to be able to provide some of the strategies in this book is going to be very helpful for me, even to give the visuals to the parents or just give them ideas for how they can redirect or work with their kids, even with sibling rival. You know, I have kids that fight with their siblings a lot. So this is going to be really helpful for
1: me. Yeah, I love Parent education, so huge. Anything we can do to give parents strategies, especially parents who have kids who have special needs or who need speech or other services, tend to be more stressed out. So I think passing these on every now and then when necessary to parents could just be another extra boost for them and give them, again, another tool for their tool belt.
0: Yeah, and then my last way I'm going to start using this with the kids I work with now is even with my little preschool age kids, I'm going to start teaching about how our brains grow and change when we connect with other people. So, you know, in this world where it can sometimes feel like people are so focused on themselves, I think it's going to be so valuable for our children to be learning about empathy and the value of connection. So like I said, when we were talking about chapter six, I just picture the little brains like plugging into each other and then growing. I don't know why. I I just love that. So I could even see myself teaching my little guys this. And then when I'm leaving being like, thank you. Oh my gosh, my brain feels so much bigger from working with you today. You know, just getting them thinking about just the benefits of Cute. connection with other people. It's really magical.
1: Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> and i mean just from my own personal experience with my daughter it's like what they say in the book is correct even very young kids can grasp the basics of a lot of these concepts so teach them young will affect generations to come yes
0: yes we are going to change the world grand vision <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right so thank you so much for joining us as we read and discussed the whole brain child i know adrian and i have had so much fun reading this book, discussing it, learning, and thinking about how we can apply it to our speech therapy practice.
1: We're also excited to announce to everybody our upcoming book for next month, which is The Loving Push, A Guide to Successfully Prepare Spectrum Kids for Adulthood by Temple Grandin and Deborah Moore. We're really excited about this book and to dig into treating and working with kids on the autism spectrum a little bit more.
0: Yeah, I cannot wait to get started. And make sure you head to our Instagram to see the full schedule of when we'll be releasing episodes so that you can read right with us.
1: Once again, thank you so much for joining us. And we look forward to seeing you next time.
0: Yeah, see you next month. Bye, Adrian.
1: Bye, Laura. The SLP Book Club is not just a podcast, it's a community. Go to facebook.com slash groups slash the SLP Book Club to join the discussion after each episode. Want even more of the SLP Book Club? We've made all the resources for this book, including chapter
0: summaries and visuals, available for free on our Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash the SLP Book Club to download these great materials.
1: To learn more about the SLP Book Club, go to the SLPBookClub.com.
0: You can contact us by emailing hello at the SLPBookClub.com. Follow us on Instagram at SLP underscore book club. Find us on TikTok at the SLP book club.